0: Sugarman.
1: hey everybody welcome to gradcast the official radio show and podcast the society of graduate students here at western the dream team is back for the first time probably in almost a year and possibly for the last time because you're nearing the end of the phd thing There is my friend alex mazinski or as we call him almo that's not my (laughs) name tickle me (laughs) almo
2: he Uh, he has it prone to the giggles i sometimes am yeah um yep hi i'm back (laughs) good to be here um looking forward to it i hope this is not my last episode uh but you never know this is grad school so who knows when you're gonna finish
1: we're all very bittersweetly feeling about it um that was a sentence that makes sense. And we have a really special guest today. We actually have uh, a, basically he's our first guest from a new department. The department itself is kind of new as you were telling. This is uh, Mark Guerra, comes from the Masters in Public Health program. Hi there, thanks for having me. So we have a whole lot to talk about. You've done some really cool research to do with geography, class, uh, rural, urban, and how that all affects dentistry or access to dentistry. Exactly. Um, but let's start
0: right at the beginning. So this Masters of Public Health program, what's it all about? Yeah, so it's um, pretty much a brand new program. I'm gonna be the fourth uh, graduating cohort. And it's basically a accelerated graduate program uh, started out of the stream over here. And they went out to the employers Uh, in the health field and public health field and they asked them what what is the thing that you're looking for the most or what skills you need the most and that's how they created the program so it's a (coughs) one-year condensed program at at Western and what's really special about it is that it's a case-based method so instead of learning didactively it's a flipped classroom surrounding different real-life cases uh, that you might uh, see in the field. So, it ranges from natural disasters to equity um, problems to how to deal with uh, different different stakeholders, a bunch of different sort of public health issues as well, and. We rely on a team-based method as well. So the entire class is broken up into learning teams, so there's about five to six uh, students in each learning team, and they make those teams as heterogeneous as possible. So our class has um, foreign-trained doctors, they have nurses, any health practitioner, a lot of undergrads this year. and. From varying disciplines so there's physiotherapy backgrounds there's social sciences there's hard sciences and that's what creates a really good learning environment where we actually not only learn from the professor itself but also from our peers. And so what is the ultimate goal of the program? The ultimate goal is to create a, a learning space and students who come out of the program that could interact with any health profession in a way that is going to be meaningful in a team-based setting so we get hard skills and training to go out to the field and we get to practice that uh, over the summer term for a 12-week practicum where we actually apply what we've learned and hopefully get real life working experience before we get thrown out there
1: all right, and for those listening in like uh, syndication, we're right now at the end of April, so that's
0: that's soon. Yeah, it's uh, we leave this week, and we start up May 9th. Well, I'm glad uh, we sorry, got May you 8th. when we got you. Yeah. So, uh,
1: can you disclose anything about where you're going or what you're doing?
0: Yeah, um, I was lucky enough to uh, join the Welforts organization in Brampton. They're a health organization that encompasses most. Health-related um, inequities. So the program that I'm going to be working with is called uh, Health and Smiles. It provides uh, oral health care to underprivileged youth and elderly uh, in the entire Peel region. So that is in collaborative with the Healthy Smiles Ontario Initiative, uh, which is kind of a good fit for me as I did my uh, my research in oral health as well. So
2: awesome. So, what will you be doing with uh, with this initiative?
0: So, this is going to be the f- second phase of the uh, of the program. So, last year, another practicum students uh, did a needs assessment for the Peel Region on uh, what kind of oral health needs are there, who's being impacted the most, and how can they access it. So, I'm coming in now, knowing the needs of the uh, of the community, and working alongside. Uh, different health promoters and uh, steering committee to develop and promote oral health and create a stakeholder engagement plan and uh, public outreach plan on how to actually implement what, is, what we want to get done.
1: Excellent. Now, before the show started, and also just recently, you mentioned the term health inequality. Yeah. Can you uh, elaborate a little bit on what this concept is? So.
0: Health inequity or health inequality are two very close concepts, mostly surrounding how there are barriers that certain people face, or certain um, ethnic groups have systematic barriers that uh, inhibit them from accessing the care such as other people might. So let that be socioeconomic status, let that be uh, physical barriers, with one's physical ability, to get there or distance, and th- how those barriers affect your oral, uh, your uh, your health overall.
1: Yeah, so that really feels like it's uh, steering into like sociology
0: territory. Kind of, I guess. It's wow. uh, it's it's a very complex issue, and the healthcare system, the way it's made right now, it doesn't really taking into consideration other people's barriers is providing quotations on creating accessible care to everybody however there's large disparities and inequities depending where you are geographically or where you stand socioeconomically all right so your own research work
1: has to do with uh health inequities or health inequalities and Uh, Oral health specifically, right? So let's talk a little bit about what's at stake and what the situation is here. So What is the link between like? oral health and overall health or
0: Yeah, so oral health is a key component to a person's health Let's imagine You don't have any teeth or you have pain in your mouth You won't be able to eat properly you wouldn't be able to go about your everyday activities properly. It might affect your uh, mental health as well. If you don't have a nice smile, you might feel self-conscious. That brings you down mentally, and that obviously has drastic effects on your on your overall health. Um, but oral health is one of those components of someone's health that is very... It's not really looked at. It's not really addressed. And it's it's quite critical to improving your health uh, with the nutrition and with uh, mental health and physical health.
2: Hmm. Sounds a lot like it, it could be almost a, an entry into a, a vicious cycle. So like one begets another and then it reinforces itself. So exactly. Like, you know, you, you're you're in a situation where you're, you're not feeling so well and, and, and then the oral health problems can even begin and then just reinforce the other problems and you could imagine that's really poorly articulated (laughs) (laughs) no but you could imagine
0: how many barriers there are um to getting oral health care and if you are already marginalized or have systematic barriers against you how hard it is to actually access that care and how bad that is for your overall health as well all
1: right and so you primarily work with ontario correct right all right. Um, so what is the status of oral healthcare in
0: Ontario? How does it work? So if you, if you look at the distribution of dentists in Ontario, there's a huge um, huge polarization to the south. A lot of dentists want to stay where the money is. So it is in big cities and where there's the highest amount of population. So a lot of people accessing your dental care, bigger impact. So large cities such as Toronto, London, Kitchener-Waterloo, Ottawa, Kingston—major hubs for dentists, especially with those places that have dental schools. Um, but once you start moving away from the central business district of each of those uh, of those business hubs, then you start to dwindle down on the concentrations of dentists, and people have to travel longer distances uh, to get to their dentist. Now, in the north, there usually isn't a permanent dentist there, so they either um, have to fly in periodically or um, people have to travel to the cities to get their oral health.
2: How far north are we talking?
0: So when I say north, the most drastic disparities are north of Sudbury or even Sudbury itself. But even between let's say, Barrie and Sudbury, there's still a lot of disparities in accessibility to oral health. So that could mean that there's, let's say, a dental office in, in Lindsay, Ontario, and everybody who's trying to access that f- is traveling, on average, I would say, about 20 to 30 kilometers minimum to get to a dentist. Whereas in Toronto, there's concentrations of dentists up to 380 dentists per square kilometer in the downtown core. So you could see that is yes there's high popu- high population density in downtown Toronto, but do you really need that many dentists to serve that population when you could spread it out over a uh, larger geographic area?
1: And I imagine if there's a like a urban rural divide like that then that means that this is probably even worse in say the very remote indigenous communities where often even basic things like potable water are sometimes difficult to get to them.
0: Yeah, exactly. The healthcare system tends to turn a blind eye to indigenous communities. Uh, we have an indigenous um, Indigenous health course, part of the Master of Public Health program, uh, which was absolutely fantastic in uh, helping people like myself who might not have the the background that others might have in, in, in the indigenous uh, communities uh, to shed light on what the health c- is like in these uh, remote settings and in these um, uh, reserves where even access to, as you said, water, food, any healthcare needs is very limited and they are disproportionately affected by any of the, uh, the outcomes.
1: So, in your research, you said that even, um, like, it seems like you've made a really strong link between, like, urban-rural uh, disparities when it comes to, like, access to dentists. Right. But in Ontario, dentists are not part of our public health care plan. They're a private practice on their own. Exactly. So. so, does that mean that did you also find research that show that maybe, like, even in urban areas, that class also defines access to dentistry? Right. So...
0: My research focused solely on the geographic disparities, because there's been multiple published literature uh, about how SES, socioeconomic status um, affects your oral health, and let's say, oral, and health in general. Um, so I tend to focus more on the geographic accessibility, but it has been proven time and time again about how financial problems or is a big barrier to accessing oral health. Yeah, I
1: remember there's this little gem of wisdom from my parents. And, you know, I, the older I get, the more I question the things that my parents told me. Uh, one of the things I remember them saying is that there's like a natural part in everyone's life where you go about 10 years without seeing a dentist because you're out outside of your parents' care. And you can't <laughs> get, you don't have the benefits to get dentistry yet. And you usually have a decade where you just don't see a dentist and then you go back and you
0: get like a thousand things done. Yeah, it's it's a big problem, especially if you don't have health insurance or as most of us as students are lucky enough to either be covered under our parents or under the health insurance plan over here. And a lot of people try and get as much work done as possible while they have access to dental care. Because after that, health does degrade. And it is a private... Association, so it's not covered under OHIP, so it's either out of pocket or it's uh, covered under insurance. And if you're lucky, you find a good dentist that doesn't try and oversell you on what you need, and you get proper care uh, as any health provider should provide.
1: And you were even saying that poor oral health can lead to poor uh, mental health, right? Which is also not covered by OHIP. exactly
0: so it's like a deadly cycle there <laughs> it is it just it just all compounds one on top of each other and that's one of the the problems with healthcare as it is right now as it's a f- either fee for service or if you're lucky in a physician model where it's a it's a faux model where you get a roster of of clients and you got a set fee uh, you got a set payment on servicing those clients and you do no matter what it takes to maintain the health or ensure the health of those clients unfortunately dentists don't follow that model and they have their own private business model that they do follow however the Royal College of Dental Surgeons does have a price guide doesn't mean that they have to abide by that but it is suggested on what prices they should be um, to to charge however uh, those people in lower socioeconomic status might not be able to pay as much as people who make more money, which the dentist might be catering to mm-hmm.
2: and there are absolutely no uh, government programs in place to help people achieve dental care
0: so part of the uh my practicum, the well fort um ontario has the health uh the healthy smiles initiative where it's um it's partnered with o d s b um which is uh, disability benefits, interior disability benefits. And um, if you could prove that you don't have job security and you don't have, um, you have these barriers set out for you, then uh, this health Healthy Smiles initiative provides free healthcare to uh, youth and to uh, the elderly as well, part of a separate uh, initiative as well, which will be implementing for a region appeal at the well for all right and so a lot of your work has to do with like
1: the geography of this like oral health care disparency right so can you speak a little bit about what you did to like
0: make this kind of research? sure yeah so it all started before the three years that i actually conducted my research where I was interested in dental school, I was interested in dentistry, my parents are dental technicians, so dentistry kind of seemed like the the route for me to go, and I was quite interested in figuring out how can we make oral health or access to dentists more, more attainable for uh, different populations. So, uh, I decided to look at how people access dental care. And since I did my undergraduate degree in uh, the Faculty of Geography and Environmental Studies, uh, I was exposed to a lot of uh, technologies such as GIS, which could prove to be quite useful in showing disparities and visualizing uh, data tables that usually are quite mundane. And you could show this to policymakers, to whoever it may be, researchers, To show them that like here is the inequity this is this is what's happening out in the in the uh in the world and so what happened is that I decided to see how access to dentists might affect your oral health so I looked at mapping every single dentist that is practicing in Ontario I used geocodes to map it out and then I created a pretty much a, a, a density map so dentists per 10,000 people and that showed where the largest concentrations of dentists are to the population and then I took the highest population uh, highest density levels and the lowest density uh, areas and I created something called a kernel density map which is pretty much a, a heat map so it's a gradient of colors I guess depending on highest concentrations in a certain area. And I tried to correlate that to oral health. So how far you are from your dentist and how does that affect your oral health using standardized uh, oral health uh, indexes developed by the, uh, the World Health Organization. So it's called the DMFT index, which is, stands for decayed missing filled teeth. And the higher the number, the worse your oral health is. So... I handed out surveys in different areas uh, as a pilot study to determine people's oral health and how far they are from their dentist. So I tracked where they live, where their dentist is, and just calculated the distance uh, to their dentist and tried to correlate that to their oral health. And just as a pilot study, but what was found that there may be some sort of correlation between not just socioeconomic status, but the... D- distance you are and how accessible your dentist is and the further you are from your dentist there's a possible correlation of uh increase uh, worsening your oral
2: health so just to to add one more i guess layer of potential complexity there um could there be a difference maybe between um, distance and accessibility so you know there's certain situations where you might be far um, by choice like you're A rich oil merchant and you want to live in a mansion far away from the city but I mean you're still very accessible to whatever you want versus uh, a person who's living in a rural area and doesn't have access Um, is there any way to account for that in a situation like this
0: right there could be on a case-by-case basis uh, possibilities to determine that but I looked at it more on a uh, wider scope so on a population level and obviously, people who do have more money will have access to a car or are willing to travel further. So what I found was that people who do access dentists who are further away is because they're comfortable with that dentist and have the means to get to that dentist. Hmm. Whereas people who don't have those means and don't have the financial mm-hmm. like capital to access dentists have much worse uh, health outcomes.
1: Okay. And so... How, I have like two quick questions I want. How far away from a dentist did you find before things started to, like did you find that there was like a drop-off point when things started getting really bad? Um, or
0: is it kind of not work that way? So it's kind of difficult to determine that as it has to be on a case-by-case basis. Yeah. But um, usually the butter zone is between uh, 15 to 20 kilometers uh, travel. To a dentist, and that's when you can start to see drastic um, problems in your oral health. Okay, and you also mentioned uh, that you work with a tool called GIS. Right? Could you expand more on what that is and how it works? Yeah. So GIS is a is short form for geographic information systems. So it's basically a software um, or a tool that is used to um, create maps. So it ha- you could bring in different base layers of uh, either topography or uh, boundaries. And you could map out whatever you want on top of that. So you have different data sets that you want to join to a um, a polygon. So let's say the London region. You could do average uh, social income for London. And you could link that to the polygon of London. And that will create a color. Uh, based on um, whatever whatever you're uh, you're mapping, so it's a very powerful tool where if vi- you could visualize different data sets or databases depending on what indicators you uh, decide to choose.
2: Hmm. So. I guess we've established that there's a huge disparity between accessibility to, to dentists and that this has a huge effect on overall health uh, in Ontario right now. And that there are, I guess, up and coming um, things that we're putting in place, like systems we're putting in place to, to help reduce that disparity. What do you see as the future of dental care in Ontario uh, five years, 10 years from now, hopefully? And, um, You know what are your goals to to be involved with that
0: right ideally like i would love to see accessible equitable care for everybody uh much like similar to the uh the physician model where it is covered in their ohip and it is technically accessible to everybody obviously there's always going to be barriers but uh, i like to see more outreach to northern communities uh, provide more care for those people who are adversely affected and disproportionately affected by policies or um, inequit- uh, inequitable care. Where I like to see myself is helping this um, to become f- like to fruition because let it be by mapping using GIS or helping policymakers make the right decisions or showing where these inequities are and suggestions and recommendations on how to do that, uh, that would be the ideal position for me.
2: Awesome. I guess uh, my last question, um, do you have any advice on, on where to go, what to look for, for anyone who might um, have very little access to dentistry right now for whatever reason in Ontario? What, where can they go to get help? Uh,
0: Right now, if you have a community center, like a health community center, um, any, any community health center will be able to provide basic oral health care uh, depending on how they deem it necessary. Uh, if it is emergency care, they will cover it, but right now, that is the only centralized place where you could access uh, health care if it's not readily accessible um so that's why we are trying to implement uh, these different initiatives in toronto they have a bus that goes around and it has a mobile dental office on it and that's how they're trying to access people who can't either get to the dentist or access it financially so they provide that free of service
1: awesome and just one last question before we wrap up for the day if somebody wanted to follow along with the research you were doing, are you going to be running like a blog? Do you have like a Twitter
0: or something like that that they could people could follow? Uh, I don't actually have a Twitter or anything that I'm actually, that I'm updating my research on, but just stay tuned on different uh, dental blogs or on the Ontario Dental Association. They tend to publish and show great work that's happening out there, and. I think that's the most centralized place you could find information. All right. Four out of five dentists
1: recommend Mark Guerra. Thank you very (laughs) much. For everyone out there, this has been GradCast. GradCast, as I said, is a production of the Society of Graduate Students at Western University. We are always looking for more guests. So email us at gradcastradio at gmail.com, and we'll book you in the show. We have openings as soon as, as June. If you want to hear more of these shows, we're, we have hundreds of hundred plus a few of episodes at gradcast.ca, or you can listen to us at our good old regular time, Tuesdays at 6pm on CHRW. And if you're listening on the radio, that's where you are right now, so stay tuned. Have a good one, everyone. Lost my
0: heart when I found
1: it It had turned to dead black hole